Ciarán Garrahi, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to a moment where they had the last laugh. So when I was involved with them, they weren't that, they weren't particularly helpful with me. No, they weren't bad, but they weren't particularly helpful with me progressing at my career. So I was just able to politely decline doing anything for them. And it just felt great. (laughs) (laughs) Only today. Today, Literally when I was trying to find an answer for that question. Champion jockey and queen of Cheltenham, Rachel Blackmore is my guest this week. She talks to me about growing up on a farm with lambs, how she skipped her college graduation for racing and how she's well able to enjoy her downtime. This season of the Laughs of Your Life podcast is brought to you by Aussie Hair. If you follow me on social media, you will know that I've been singing the praises of Aussie Hair products for months now. From their Colour Mate products to their 3 Minute Miracle Deep Treatment and everything else in the SOS Kiss of Life range, they have been my hair saviour for the past while, particularly during lockdown. Aussie is a fun and vibrant brand with a light-hearted attitude, just like this podcast. So teaming up with them has been a no-brainer. I'll tell you more about them as the season goes on, but for now, you can check them out on Instagram at Aussie Hair and see for yourself that using their products is the easiest route to getting fabulous locks. And now for my conversation with Rachel Blackmore. I hope you enjoy. Rachel Blackmore, you are extremely welcome to the laughs of your life. Thank you very much, Darren Garhi, for having me to the laughs of your life. <laughs> okay, where in the world are you this morning? Because I can't keep up with you, you're too fast. Uh, so at the moment, I it is actually the evening, um, but that's okay. Your time clock. Did is... I say this morning? You did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to it on the breakfast show. Oh, feck it. Everyone, sorry everyone will think I'm sitting <laughs> sitting at home in my house in the morning, not doing any work. But no, it is quarter to five in the evening, and I am in Lachlan Bridge in Carlow, um, where I live. So I'm sitting in the spare room right now. Okay, lovely. And how was your day so far today? Because I, you're probably going to depress me now because it'll probably have included like a serious amount of exercise or maybe you're chilling. I don't know. Maybe you people chill. No, I don't think you chill. <laughs> no, well, our, there was no racing today. So it was just uh, riding out in the morning. And um, yeah, the evening has been a kind of a, a chill evening, as, as chill an evening as you can get uh, this time of year for us. So what would, what would a busy day this time of year entail? So a busy day is you're you're up early, um, up before seven. You're you're riding out all morning, and then you're heading off to the races for the evening. So that's a kind of a that's a brief kind of busy day. Um, yeah, it, if we got into too much detail, we need a separate podcast. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we might we know we will touch on it again a little bit later on, but we might as well do what we're here to do, and that's to talk about the last of your life. Um, I, I do want to thank you, and I don't want to be cringe about it, but I know you are a woman in demand at the moment and everyone wants to sit down and talk to you and I think anyone who had the chance to have an interview with you would drop everything to make sure it could happen so when I wrote you on Twitter and you came back you were like let's do this I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god she said yes she said yes I panic said yes because I was like oh my god dear Gary just wrote me on Twitter she wants me to do a podcast so it was a panic response for me and then I actually got the email read the questions properly and and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say for any of these? It's so much easier when you're 
when you're listening, like I've listened to a couple of them and uh, they're really, really good and enjoyable to listen to, but you don't think about how you dance to them yourself. So yeah, we'll see how we go. Okay, Rachel Blackmore, your first memory of laughter. Yeah, so similar to what a lot of people um, have said, like I can't remember that doubled over feeling of laughter in controllableness until probably secondary school. Um, I do remember lots of laughter in my childhood, like had a brilliant childhood. One moment that maybe stands out was um, good family friends of ours were up at our house and their son Jack was just learning to walk and I would have been, I don't know, young enough myself at the time, um, but I just remember him walking learning to walk and walking you know we were all uh, sitting around in a circle and he was walking from one person to the other and he was hysterical laughing and that moment just stands out to me as you know just a, a moment of hysterical laughter within someone but I was just watching on I wasn't actually <laughs> I was probably giggling but I, yeah that's just a moment of watching on but yeah I think the real strong laughter moments were secondary school that's weird. I, no one has, no, you're the first person to say I can't remember any standout moment from childhood. Was it that you were destined to always be, you know, where you are today and so you just, there was no time for laughing or what's the oh story? Oh God, no, I, I, I rang my mother earlier actually <laughs> on this question because um, like I had a brilliant childhood. I've seen the pictures, we had great birthday parties. Uh, my memory is awful, but I was, asking her like you know was there anything you know trying to help her jog my memory and you know she was able to list me off all these times but like I can't remember any of them but it sounded like a blast but yeah so what was childhood like in your household what were what were the day-to-day things and and when did horses come into the picture were they always just there you don't even you don't even remember it being a thing that started um so I grew up on a farm so I was always surrounded by by animals um horses were just kind of always there my primary school years were you know pet lambs were a big part of that um you know going out to feed them in the mornings um yeah we had a great childhood you know there's a lot of people that that don't have that luxury but I think we were on a farm and we always had ponies there and you know and had a brilliant childhood. So since Cheltenham I've noticed your mom popping up quite a bit in interviews and, and newspapers and on radio she's she's the latest queen of the media Rachel how do you how do you feel about that? She's taken it all in her stride she's quite the inspiration um, so no well done uh, to her and yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, my mom and dad are both getting getting a great kick out of everything that happened in Cheltenham. So uh, yeah, it's brilliant. She's Irish mammy goals. As mammies go, she's uh, she's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Rachel. The first time you felt laughed at. So the first time I felt laughed at. Um, so tough memory to speak about, but I'll do my best. Um, it was in dancing. Used to go dancing every Thursday with uh, my friends, my two best friends, Nikki and Carly Halley. They're twins, but on this occasion they were evil twins because I, for some reason, could not. They, uh, for some reason, we had to give our birthdays, and I said my birthday was thirteenth of July, and they were like, "It's not. It's the eleventh. But I was convinced it was the thirteenth, and I just remember them laughing at me because I didn't know my own birthday, and I mean. 
I definitely was not destined for a uh, career in mathematics after that <laughs> poorness with numbers. But I, yeah, that's my first. I just remember them laughing at me because I didn't know my birthday. What was wrong with me? Oh, my God. When I think of my childhood, like not just me, but any of my friends, like you're obsessed with your birthday. Like you, that's the absolute date you will never forget. What was going on with you? What was going on? That's a question to ask Emer, I think, my mother. Yeah. <laughs> what, what What had she instilled in me that I did not know my own birthday? It's, it's very poor. I read an, an interview actually earlier on. I can't remember which one it was, but it was your mom again. And she was talking about you as a baby. And she was saying that you were always mad to climb out of your cot and, and to just scale things. And so the, the love for, for scaling things <laughs> came, started at a very young age. Do, do you remember that? Yeah, so she tried to remind me of that story uh, today as well, actually, when they got um, Tommy O'Brien in to to fix my cot to make it a bit higher, turn it upside down so I couldn't climb out over it. And, you know, they were delighted with the job they'd done. And then they were downstairs. They put me in the cot and they went downstairs. And then when they they came back out of the hall, I was back at the top of the stairs again. I was after getting out. And she said I was just roaring laughing. And she was like, do you not remember that? I'm like, no, I was like, two whatever age I was um so yeah I I don't have a memory of those things but uh she likes to remind me was sport you know were there other sports in your mind or in your family when you were younger or was it always going to be what you do now uh no very much an equine family it wasn't wasn't a racing family but we were very much equine I played basketball in secondary school and you know did did all the different sports did a bit of running and that kind of thing but um what I do now was actually just kind of happened like I, I never thought it would be my career um I always wanted to be a vet but I was uh my academics were poor so that was always going to be a struggle but yeah look I'm I'm just so lucky that the way my life has turned out that I get to do this as my job you know and you did do a degree in UL wasn't uh, it? I did I did equine science yeah I went to UCD for two years first um uh, I kept failing maths up there. I did straight science, so then I diverted down to equine science. But yeah, those two years in UCD were like bookend to bookend of laughter. Like we had so much fun. Um, so possibly why I kept failing my exams in UCD. So uh, I divert down to Limerick and yeah, I did equine science. And I hear you, um, you mitched on your graduation. Is that right? Uh, yeah, you've got all the the, the recent uh, lines from the paper that my mother has been talking about. Um, yeah, I didn't go to my graduation because I was I was racing. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a, a no brainer really for me anyway. There's a space on the mantelpiece and your mom's not happy about it I hear. I, she's not one bit happy. Will she ever forgive you? Especially she's a teacher, Rachel. That's not really a nice thing to do to her. Yeah, she, but look, she can put a picture of me in Cheltenham up there now. Ah, exactly. She'll be, be okay, oh, she'll be okay. That's the answer. That's what we're looking for. I, I think like in a lot of the, you know, the bit of research I've done, it's 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 safe to say, and and you know the the word comes up constantly, and you're probably maybe you're sick of hearing it. Maybe you're just like, can we not just make a big deal of it? I'm just doing what I do. I just do my thing. I just love what I do. But but everyone seems to say humble, unassuming. They're they're probably the main ones that people would associate with you. How do you feel about being described like that, or do you just kind of go, "What's the big deal? Can I not just do my thing, and can we just can we just all keep moving along, please?" 
I don't know how I feel. <laughs> it's like a counseling session. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just, um, people saying nice things is, is it's, it's so, it's so, it's so nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But you, I suppose what they're trying to say is that you, you don't have, I suppose, the swagger or the attitude of a typical champion, which is what you are. I think racing doesn't allow you to have that. Um, you know, racing's got a very quick way of bringing you back down to earth. You know what I mean? You, you might win a big race and then, you know, half an hour later, you're, you get a fall in the next race. And, you know, it, it's got a, a massive way of leveling you out and things change very quickly. You know, you're, you're on top one minute, but it can all, it can all change quickly. So yeah, I think life experience as a jockey doesn't allow you to get too carried away. Yeah, you know, I, you know, the saying, you're only as good as your last win. It's probably the most exactly. relevant in racing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Okay, Rachel. The moment when if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Um, yeah, so this one is... This one's kind of tricky. Uh, I couldn't really... Yeah, it's a tricky one to answer, I think. Um, but another memory from my childhood that... Um, that I have is my communion day and I remember being at the top of the stairs and we have a long corridor in our house at home and the bathroom is at the very end and I just remember being there in my communion dress we were in a bit of a panic to get to the church and my little sister was over the toilet with my communion shoes and just as my mom came up the stairs she just let them go into the toilet and I remember laughing and I remember my mother was probably on the verge of tears. So I don't know if that really answers the question. Yes, but that's, <laughs> that's just the moment that I laughed and my mother, she wasn't crying, but I'd say she felt like crying as we were in a rush to get to this communion. And my jealous little sister, who was not happy, her name is Charlotte, by the way, she was not happy that I was getting all the communion day attention. So she tried to sabotage my community. Oh my God. I mean, being a youngest sister, I kind of know that feeling of intense jealousy when one of the <laughs> olders are getting all the attention. What what do they make of, of what you're up to these days, your siblings? Yeah, they, they're getting a great kick out of it as well. Um, my sister is studying. She's doing her Black Hole Place exam to become a solicitor. And my brother is a graphic designer. He's in he's in New York at the moment, I think. And uh, yeah, they're getting a great kick out of it. Did you say he's in New York at the moment, I think? Yeah, well, he lives in London, but he's in New York. I think he's still there. Um, he's kind of traveling with work or whatever. So uh, I think he's there at the moment anyway. <laughs> And from what I read again, and I know you you mentioned it to me before we started recording, but you're living you're living with other jockeys, am I right? Yeah, I do. I live with um, Patrick Mullins and Brian Hayes. Uh, Brian Hayes, I'm going out with, so there's three of us here. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great house to live in, and uh, yeah, it's in a really good location as well, Lachlan Bridge, um, to all the racetracks now. So is it an intense place to be? Do you sometimes go, oh God, I wish I just lived with a, a teacher and, a, you know, a guard. So, you know, we could just kind of not talk about racing or is it a good thing to stay in the zone? Uh, no, we, we don't talk about racing half as much as people might think. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just a normal, a normal house when we come home. Okay, Rachel, your no laughing matter moment in life. Um, yeah, so the no laughing matter moments, I suppose... 
is you know when you're when you're racing and and the helicopter gets called the ambulance helicopter gets called for someone um you know that's a that's a time when uh there's nothing fun about it and uh yeah it's um it's not it's not ideal what is the worst injury you've ever got i've been very lucky with injury um i've kind of uh kept on the right side of a real serious one so um yeah you'd be very very grateful for that um it's you know it's part and parcel of our job as a jockey you know you're going to get injured but you're yeah you're you're just trying to keep on the right side of it i suppose a lot of people bring up the whole female male thing again like is that like how do you feel about that or is it just i loved the way ruby there was like what's the big deal i was you know i was reading about him as well (laughs) He was like, what's the big deal? She's just one of the best, she's the best jockey. It's not, it's not a male, female thing. How do you feel about that? Yeah, like, you know, I want to be treated as a jockey. So I never try and just as a normal jockey. So, you know, like people, I'm not doing the running. Do you know what I mean? If I was a sprinter and I was beating, you know, Usain Bolt, I'd want it to be made a big deal because that would be pretty unreal. But like, I'm I'm on horseback, you know. Uh, so there's a lot more to it than... You know, there's a lot more to it than just a physical strength of someone. Um, there's a lot more to race riding and to and to being a jockey. So yeah, I just I try not to make it a big deal of it. That's that's how you know, that's how it was when I went into the way room and Nina Carberry and Katie Walsh were in there, you know, they never made a big deal of it. So I just follow that on. And in in, in I know you mentioned, you know, the helicopter coming and, and that. It's a it's a massive it's a massive thing and it's a massive consideration. Um the risk that comes with this job. Um, do you try not to think about it too much or was it something you considered heavily before you went pro? No, you. I think if you're, if you're ever in a situation where you have to consider it, it's probably not the job for you. You know, it's not something that you can allow yourself to think about. Um, and if it is, if it's something that's starting to weigh in your mind, you're probably in the, in the wrong job. You know, you can't, you can't let yourself think about what might happen, you know. Okay, Rachel, the person you always laugh with. So the list is endless. Um, you know, I was thinking about this and you just you've so many people that you that that you laugh with. And I just I can't wait to go on a holiday with all my girlfriends again or go, you know, you just have so much fun with all your friends laughing. Um Nikki and Carly, who I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we laugh a lot. Uh, a friend called Fanola, we laugh a lot. But like the there's so many, like we had, you know, there's one there's one incident of laughter that really stands out in my mind. It was from back in secondary school, and I remember being in um, I better not say what class it was in case the teacher gets mad. But we were in <laughs> class. I was sitting beside my friend Kelly Cahill and. The teacher came in and she had like a really kind of tight fitted suit and it was in a kind of a salmony color and I just remember turning to Kelly and just kind of saying to her like no she looks like a piece of salmon <laughs> and whatever like this sounds this story is not going to translate in the feelings it had for me at the time but like it was just we could not control ourselves and then you know she commented on something else and I just remember like I think I had to leave the class because we just could not stop laughing um you know like you just your friends in general you laugh with like uh I remember a ski holiday um uh, five or six of us went on a ski holiday uh, to Le Dos before and like the whole thing was just laughter throughout the whole holiday you know just having fun and laughing like so 
uh, just your friends in general just you know they're just great they're just great how have you found the whole pandemic i know you've you've still been busy and that's great that you can probably still pretty much do what you had done before but say for your downtime or your chill out time or time with friends have you really missed that oh big time um you know miss going to things miss concerts you know miss miss nightclubs you know miss music um oh definitely all the normal things um like they bring about so much laughter so i think everyone's probably uh after lacking a bit of laughter maybe the last couple of months but uh you know i've been extremely lucky that I, we've still been able to work and uh do our jobs so you know we're very lucky in the equine industry when you're at the level that you're at how are you with balance like do you do you are you good at doing that yourself as in going okay now I've done enough of that and I need to do, have some downtime and I need to do that or are you someone who maybe would just keep going 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 until someone said Rachel come on you need to take a break um no I think I think I'm good enough with balance um you know I know when I need to take out my laptop and do some online shopping and you know not be not be scrolling through races replays or whatever so no I think I think I'm good at downtime when you say races replays do you is you you watch yourself back yeah, you'd watch yourself back after racing and, you know, you'd be looking at entries for the next day or looking at form and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that that's, you know, that can be quite consuming on the build up to something like Cheltenham um, where it's an intense few days. But, yeah, it's nice to nice to kind of chill then all the times. How did you feel before you headed over to Cheltenham? Did you feel ready? Yeah, I felt excited. Couldn't wait to get there. Um, you know, there's such a build up. There's so much talk before Cheltenham. You know, everyone has their opinions on races and what's going to happen. And yeah, you're just so delighted on Tuesday morning that it's actually all going to start now. So you're not like half dreading it. You're actually just flinging yourself into it. Yeah, look, you're you're. I suppose you're you're dreading an outcome that might happen but you're just trying to not think about that like like everyone in sport I suppose were you able to celebrate in any kind of way uh little mini celebrations just um ourselves in the house or whatever but uh oh celebrations will be in good time I hope ah look we will have an almighty hoolie (laughs) okay Rachel a time where you had the last laugh yeah, so I opened up your email lunchtime today and I was like, oh, I better go through these questions, you know. So I was looking through the questions and I was like, oh, I cannot think of a moment in time when I had the last laugh. Like I just, I was racking my brains, couldn't think of it. So then my phone rings, right? And I, so this is going to be like a story. This is going to be like a story that like a blogger says and says like, I can tell you about this, but I can't tell you about it. And I can't tell you who's involved, but... I can tell you what I'm feeling, but I can't tell you. It's going to be, it's going to be one of those painful stories, but I have nothing else to say for this answer. And I feel like it was fate that I got this phone call. So got the call from a group that I used to be involved with and they wanted me to do like some kind of promotional stuff or whatever. And so when I was involved with them, they weren't that, they weren't particularly helpful with me. You know, they weren't bad, but they weren't particularly helpful with me progressing at my career so I was just able to politely decline doing anything for them and it just felt great (laughs) only today today literally when I was trying to find an answer for that question so I don't know 
that gave me a little mini last laugh perhaps but yeah there's definitely no other nothing else in my life I could think of Rachel I'm gonna be like a follower you are the blogger and I'm gonna have to push you on this can you give us more details on like was it a, <laughs> was it a brand that wanted to work with you or what was the story well there was definitely uh no brands that wanted to work with me a couple of years ago okay so that's um, how you're gonna put it yeah look I I I um yeah that's a that's a painful answer, but feel free to edit it out. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's staying in. I love the blogger reference. Anything blogger related, we'll keep it in. Okay, I love it. So when will we find out? When will we know? I will probably reveal all in the nursing home someday um, when I'm really old and wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rachel, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Food, I think. Um, I love food so much. I feel like it is the thing you can turn to if all else fails. I love I love eating out. Um, definitely miss eating out like a lot of people. But yeah, that's my kind of basic answer. What would your death row meal be? Starter, main, dessert? Uh, something goat's cheese. Goat's cheese, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera from a starter. Um, for my main, I'd probably go for like traditional uh like potatoes meat vegetables gravy you know that kind of nice. thing like roast I wouldn't yeah roast vibes yeah roast yeah. vibes and <laughs> my dessert would probably be like a really moist chocolate puddingy type thing like you know the ones that maybe you cut and the chocolate all spills out Stunning. vanilla ice cream um not skimping on the vanilla ice cream because I hate when you have too much of the chocolate left and not enough ice cream to complement it so balance is key yeah balance is key that's probably I have not thought about this before and would you have an L drink I actually don't drink but I'd say if I was in prison I 100% would ask them for like really expensive whiskey or like a really good bottle of wine I don't think I'd be I don't think I'd be holding hard on the non-drinker thing uh, if I was locked up I actually did a bit of work with uh, Ruby before. It was a couple of years ago. I think it was, I can't even remember what brand it was for, but we were working together and I I have just an obsession of asking people about their meals and food and stuff. <laughs> and he was talking about Christmas, obviously, and having to, to watch it and all that. How is that? Is that can, can it be tough at times, having to kind of keep an eye on it and make sure you're in check and all that kind of jazz? Yeah, so I'm extremely lucky in that... Um, I never have to watch my weight or watch what I eat from a, a weight point of view um, because I'm quite, I'm light for a jump jockey. So, you know, Ruby's a stone heavier than me. Um, so I'm just so lucky in that, like watching my weight is is never something I've had to consider because I'm a jump jockey. If I was a flat jockey, we'll say riding on the flat, you know, the weights are a lot lighter. So it would be something I'd have to have to watch. But uh, no, I'm very lucky. And do you have to do like strength and conditioning and stuff? Yeah, um, I do bits of strength and conditioning. Um, we're very lucky. We have um, Wayne Middleton up in race. He does a he does a lot of work with jockeys, so he's there for us. And then a bit closer to home, I do bits um, with JP and Patrick Fitness in Bangladesh. So um, yeah, do bits and pieces with them. I was talking to another sports star earlier today, and and kind of about. Mm. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. That's my blogger version. I'm so sorry I can't tell you Rachel but just stay tuned <laughs> watch my stories um, and I was there asked... there not be more yeah sorry <laughs> no you are that you're the hottest property at the moment I can assure you of that um, but they were talking about how when you're in the thick of it and you're feeling like you're at your prime and it's all just going great 
But you still, I suppose, in the back of your mind, maybe have to have some sort of a plan for A, if it all ends abruptly for whatever reason, injury, whatever it might be, fingers crossed that will not happen. Or B, you just gently retire and it's all done and dusted and you have to have, I suppose, another plan. Have you thought about that? And if so, what what would you love to do? Or or do you just not even think about it? Um, I feel like my accountant and my mother have both asked me a similar question in the last <laughs> while and I was not able to give them an answer either. I don't know. I'm I'm living an unbelievable life right now. Uh, one, like I, I never thought I'd be able to do this as my career. So I'm just going to enjoy it and see what happens when when it ends then. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just going to enjoy it. I mean, I, I too have a mother and an accountant who ask me questions that I never, ever give the answers to. So I, I hear <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I know where you're coming from. You can relate. <laughs> okay, Rachel, you're quick fire round. Are you ready for this? Okay. Okay, the actor you always laugh at. I always laugh at Will Fell. Oh, do you know, my friends slag me because I don't watch a whole lot of movies, but I constantly quote Step Brothers and they slag me about it and I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's gold. Mm, it is. It is a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the bunk bed scene is my one of my particular favourites. I know. And I actually, I chanced my arm last week. I have a two, I'm in a two bed apartment, but like, obviously I have no visitors in the second room. So I, I just chanced my arm and emailed my landlord. And I was like, is there any chance you take the second bed? I was like, there's no way he's going to take it. He took it. And I was like, there's so much more room for activities. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know that story because I watched your Instagram stories so I'm just this weird stalker girl oh God, who everybody it. knows that about you oh brilliant okay right the actress you always laugh at Rachel um Melissa McCarthy I think she's very funny brilliant lovely yeah okay the movie that makes you laugh out loud um so there's a scene in a movie which genuinely makes me laugh aloud every time uh it's in Love Actually, it's that, I don't know if you've probably seen Love Actually, but you might remember, but it's a scene in Love Actually where uh, Hugh Grant, who's the Prime Minister, gets into the back of the car with that kind of woman he fancies and the child is in the middle dressed as an octopus and it just gets me every time. It's just, I think it's just a great moment in the movie. So I laugh at that. Um, yeah, I, I, Super Bad is another one that yeah. I, I would have laughed at a lot. Yeah. Love it. Okay, yeah. the comedian that makes you laugh out loud. Tommy Ternan. Yeah. I Not like... an original answer, but it's just a solid, it's, yeah. I was just going to say, brilliant. he gets a lot of mentions, but God mm. damn it, he deserves it. Feckin', yeah, yeah, Feck him yeah. anyway. He's so feckin' successful. And finally, your, be- your best, your, your <laughs> best. jealous at all. <laughs> God damn it. Now he started podcasting. I'm like, will you just stop, wrap it up somewhere. Away. <laughs> And finally, Rachel, your best or worst joke? So I, yeah, I don't want to put you through the pain of you having to laugh at a joke I've Googled. Like, that's <laughs> what I was going to have to do to answer that question. And I'm just not going to do it. Like, do you I think, don't, do you think you I don't need, have a joke. Do you think you might I'm need crazy. to get your, your memory checked? Is there what's going on with the whole memory situation? <laughs> I know, it's it's poor. I, I am fully aware it's poor. And I feel like this podcast has brought that to light in all the worst ways <laughs> absolutely not it's been fabulous i think the joke should be rachel has a terrible memory 
so her answers have all come from her mom and her friends so maybe we should just do the last of your life with your mom and your friends the twins the evil twins much much better much better much better idea it has been absolutely perfect and amazing and i've asked all i wanted to ask you've answered all the answers i wanted you to give so rachel blackmore thank you so much for sharing the last of your life thank you so much for having me Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with Rachel Blackmore. I hope you enjoyed it. Lots of brilliant guests to come this season, so don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and all those other things. This podcast is recorded with Collaborative Studios and is brought to you by Aussie Hair. Great hair, no worries. <laughs>